Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. Uh, this is Andrew, and I'm here today with my co-host. Spring. Spring. Um, <laughs> What? Why are we laughing already? Oh, well. Um, We're laughing because it's the same co-host all the time, and I feel funny just like saying spring. Spring? <laughs> well, we, we could change your name for the next one. We could, we could make you Dr. Spring? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, Spring, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, my Thanksgiving was great. Um, I got to see my little nephew, who's two and a half years old, and he's speaking in more complete sentences now, so it's really fun to play with him. And he did a really great job helping us cook. And by a great job, I mean um, he made it more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it took a lot longer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was great. How about yours? So mine was pretty crazy. Um, I live in Miami where it's beautiful and sunny all year round. And I flew into Pennsylvania and I was hit with snow and clouds and rain for an entire week. But um, ask me how many nephews and nieces I have. Oh dear, how many? I have 10. I have five <laughs> nieces and five nephews, but the five oldest are nephews, the five youngest are nieces. Um, and I got to have a really great time. I baked pies with nieces. We went out for Mexican Thanksgiving with them. Um, some of my nephew, I don't know, I had five different Thanksgivings. <laughs> so it's pretty great, but it was awesome. And I, I was, I mean, I, we talked at the end of last, uh, our last podcast, things that we're thankful for. Um, And actually, since then, I've started a thankfulness journal where every day I sit down and I think, you know, for five minutes, and I just write down things that day that I'm thankful for. So I think it's a great holiday, especially if we can translate it into every day. Yeah, there's some great um, gratitude apps, actually, for your phone that um, I've used as well for that same purpose. Really lovely. And speaking of gratitude, um, so Spring and I have been working on this podcast for a while, and a company called Studio Vasa reached out to us and said, hey, uh, do you want to try our fancy headphones? And by fancy headphones, most of the time when I'm using a headphone, it costs a dollar from the dollar store, and I use it until it breaks, which is usually about a week later. Um, but they asked us to try these new headphones um, by Studio Vasa, and we'll give you a code for how to get into them in just a minute. Um, but they're really nice. They have this really cool cord. They have great sound. Um, I've used them for running. I've used them for lifting weights at the gym. I've used them on airplanes to drown out children. I was on mm-hmm. a four-hour flight, and I could not hear the children screaming in front of me the entire way. These are awesome Um I like them. They have gold plating on them. Um, they have a pretty unique look. I don't know. Spring Spring got a pair too. What do you think? I mean, I am obsessed with taking selfies. One of my friends calls me the Ansel Adams of selfies. And if you don't know, Ansel Adams is a famous photographer. I'm really good at selfies. It's uh, something I do all day long um, whenever I'm bored. And uh, these <laughs> headphones have drastically improved the look of my selfies because, yes, when I'm walking around, I always have headphones in, and you're right. They are gorgeous. The gold is gorgeous on them. Uh, they have a lot of different colors, but I, of course, picked the pink to go with my pink hair. And uh, they also have a lot of different styles as well. I mean, I think we both chose ones that were wires connect to our phones, but they also have wireless ones and um, a few different styles in that as well. 
Yeah. And the cord is just, it gets thin and flat. It doesn't get tangled. Anyway, um, they sent us sent them for us to take a look at, um, and they gave us a discount code. Um, so if you want to check it out, you can go to the website, www.sudiosweden, that's S-U-D-I-O-S-W-E-D-E-N.com. Um, and then if you use our discount code, you can get 15% off at checkout, which is The Sex Wrap. W-R-A-P. W-R-A-P, The <laughs> Sex Wrap. With a W. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's see what else has been going on. Uh, our question for today is special. Um, it's kind of exciting for us. So this is the first question that we've received from a listener. All of our past questions have come from students in our classes, and we've been collecting those and then using them to create our podcast. And uh, we finally hit that magic turnaround where we started getting questions from our audience. And so I'm super excited to announce our question today. And the question is, how do you move from vanilla to kink? Hmm. So what is yeah. vanilla? I think, I think before we can talk about where we're moving, what, where are we starting? What, what is vanilla? So we use the term vanilla to kind of mean just straight old regular sex, which generally we're talking about heterosexual like penis and vagina sex is kind of what we'll just call vanilla. But really we could say anything that is um, considered kind of normal or regular, uh, just kind of, I'm not going to say boring because I don't think sex is boring, but um, the more kind of common sexual behaviors. And I think we can include um, oral and anal sex all um, within that kind of realm. Oh, I w don't think I would put, uh, especially for heterosexual people, <laughs> anal sex into <laughs> vanilla. Um, I, but when we think about it, I think uh, also in terms of uh, the kind of positions that people use or are comfortable with, I think vanilla is really about a, a certain level of comfort that someone has in uh, sexual positions and relations with another person too. So it's like kind of that little bubble that you've put around yourself where you know it, it's safe, it's comfortable you you think or you know other people are doing it too so you kind of have all of the social support around it if you talk to your friends about what you're doing uh they'd be like oh yeah i understand that too so whenever i hear vanilla that's kind of the the way that i view the concept and i think that really what vanilla means is that you're not doing anything that is out of your usual repertoire. So it is, like you said, something that you're used to, something you're comfortable with, um, and you're not kind of introducing new things. Right. Um, so then if we're talking about moving from vanilla to kink, then is kink everything outside of that safe little bubble? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think kink is everything outside of the bubble in some ways, um, but also kink does have um, a much more defined realm when you move into that world a little bit more. So uh, when you say move <laughs> into the world, what, what does that look like? Like, so our question is really about how do we move from vanilla to kink? Where are people going? So trying new things, trying different things. Yeah. And I mean, um, so if you were 
kind of uh, wanting to explore kink more and you met some people that were really into kink, then those people would have very much more strict definitions kind of about what kink is. And that's what I mean. Like the more you get into it, then the more kind of defined it becomes. So you're saying kink is like fetishes? Yeah, I think that um, there are a lot of uh, fetish behaviors and fetish kind of groups that form around different kinks. Right. Um, and, and then for people who don't know, fet- like some fetishes, things like wearing leather or uh, BDSM, which is bondage, domination, domination, submission, and sadomasochism. When you put all mm-hmm. of those letters together, um, those are some of the different kinds of kink that mm-hmm. people like. Um, I mean, but there's a, the list would be, inter, inter, there'd be unterminable. There's thousands of different things that people might consider kink, food mm-hmm. play. I mean, uh, anything can really be considered kink. The more that you sexualize something and put some like excitement around it, uh, it can become kinky. So something that you might not consider kinky. Um, so if you're talking about like um, wearing lace, like that could be something that doesn't seem super kinky until you kind of set up some real excitement around that. Yeah. And I think uh, not only do you need to kind of try to set up excitement, I think the the big C word here, that consent word needs to come into it too. Um, and this kind of gets to our question, when you want to start exploring something new, it's really important to start having those conversations, building excitement, making sure that you have consent at every step along yeah. the way. So our question is really, how are we introducing new things, right? How are we trying out these new things? And how are we talking to a partner about trying these new things? This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC. And I think one of the great things about kink or playing with kink is that it's not always exactly the same as sex, or at least the way that people traditionally look at sex. Right. So, um, for example, say we're talking about uh, being tied up. Someone likes being tied up. Um, Someone could play around with being tied up and tying someone and untying and tying and kissing while they're doing that. And there might not be any type of sex, vaginal, oral, anal sex occurring at any point during that. And it could just be a very kind of erotic play, and that could go on for hours. And we would say that that whole kink play could be completely separate from an actual sexual interaction with right. somebody. So it's separate. And in some ways, it's a lot safer if we're starting to talk about something like sexually transmitted diseases or um, pregnancy, um, too. So sometimes it's a nice way to make sure that you're protected from some of those uh, negative things that sometimes are related to sex. 
And and so a lot of times kink is incorporated into sex, um, and we might start with playing with some kink and then move into having sexual activity, consent, of course. Um, and sometimes, I don't want to like say that all the time, but we do want to say it all the time. <laughs> um, and then, but it also can be completely separate. So it is nice to um, try out some of those kink different activities and also think about um, whether you're trying that um, in in a sexual activity kind of zone or not and like how how you could think about that so that you and your partner could be most comfortable trying yeah and once again it's really about comfort level too and i think if you want to move from vanilla to kink there's probably a lot of little baby steps that you can take along the way right like little fun things that you could try like a feather tickler or fuzzy handcuffs like there's lots of like i think society is pretty pro kink when you start looking at what's available you see your average um bridal party uh or graduation party and there's all kinds of little elements of kink sort of built into that celebration yeah and um, so, I mean, I think that we want to know, so what are some of those first things that somebody could try? So you said a couple of them. What are some other things we could brainstorm that might be something that seems easier to try than um, hanging someone from the ceiling <laughs> in some elaborate fashion? Not <laughs> <and> suspension and... <laughs> Um, so, I mean, a lot of this one uh, comes back to having those conversations and talking, but there's something um, as simple as like dirty talk, something like talking dirty to your partner could be considered kink, right? Mm-hmm. And dirty talk is one of those things that um, some people it comes very naturally to and some people find it very difficult. Uh, and dirty talk is the easiest way to dirty talk is really just to describe what you're actually doing in that moment. Um, to say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, um, we're doing this, do you like this? Like those type of things are kind of very easy um, kind of first steps into that. Let's see, what are some other things? Um, Something like tickling could work. A lot of people like the feathers or the gentle touches, the very light touches. Um, For some people, erotic massage is really their entry way to kink where you're having a really sexy massage with oil and full body touching. And and sometimes that doesn't even like, once again, we can separate that from sex. I don't know. What are some of the things that you think might be uh, kind of entryway first steps? Um, I mean, you talked about food, like um, using things like ice cubes or... um, or whipped cream, you know, or chocolate, kind of playing with those in the body and licking them off of each other or just working with the different sensations of foods or liquids or like the ice um, and seeing how the body reacts to those. And sometimes it's simple as just uh, having sex in a different location than where you're used to. I'm not saying do something illegal and have sex in public, but um, just on top of a washing machine or, or, or whatever else someone's fantasy might be. It can be something as simple as just changing your location or changing your position, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I mean, other things that are simple and you don't actually need anything for, but you want to uh, talk about it with your partner first and not just do it, are uh, things like spanking and things like um, gentle love bites. Like those could be things that 
people might want to play around with and see um, how much they like them and what kind of volume they like them at. Right. And I think one of the things that makes people a little bit afraid of having these conversations about kink is when someone says someone's kinky or kink, they immediately imagine a dominatrix with a whip and a ball gag and all of those like huge elements. uh, And kink doesn't really have to have any of those for people to have fun with it. Um, So, we, we talked about some things that people could try. And if you're interested in lists, uh, I'm sure we can post something that has a whole list of kind of introductory <laughs> kink. Um, but how do you actually talk with someone else about it? Like, how do you try to talk and, and when should that conversation happen? I think it's a really important Right. So, I mean, we don't want to do that um, while we're having sex uh, or while we're kind of engaging in some play. We want to do it before so that um, it's kind of a safer situation for everybody. Um, And I think that you, like any conversation with someone, you want it to be in a private and a neutral place that doesn't feel um, anxiety producing in any way. Right. So it's make, make sure that you're in the safe space, make sure that you're not doing it during sex. And you have to make sure that it's not pressure and pushy either. Just like, here's a whole bunch of options that we could try. Um, why don't we consider it? Right? Yeah. And you know, there's actually um, some apps that can help you do this. Um, can you Google this while I'm talking about it? Maybe we can uh, So actually recommend one. So there's a few apps that you can actually go through, uh, set it up with a partner, and you right or left swipe like you would with a lot of dating apps on different kinks to say, like, yeah, I might be interested in trying that. No, I'm definitely not interested in trying that. And then you can match with a partner and then see which ones you had in common. So it actually gives you a place to start a conversation instead of kind of uh, going through each one and saying, do you like this? Do you like this? You could each go through kind of a whole list of them and then see which ones you might have in common to start to explore where you might want to start trying. Yeah. I know one of them is called Kinky, but it's K-N-K-I. That's one of the apps. And I know there's several websites that do it too. We can look some of those up and post them um, on our Facebook page or our Instagram as well to get some more details if you're interested in um, and I think if there's another really important question that we should cover, what do you do when someone, like if you you are interested in trying something new and the other person absolutely says no, absolutely not, what does that mean? So you're trying to move from vanilla to kink and someone says absolutely no. You say, okay. <laughs> right. You have to say, okay. Um, which is sometimes frustrating for people. Um, we know in the long term in relationships, sometimes sexual incompatibility is a major reason why people in their relationships don't work out. Um, but it's important to ha- start having these conversations and talk with somebody. Uh, and if they do say no, you have to respect whatever they say. But there yeah. is something I was just thinking, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, sometimes you can close your eyes and you can imagine things that are happening for yourself while you're having vanilla interactions with someone else that make it a whole lot kinkier because you could use your imagination. Imaginations are great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think, though, even if somebody says no to something, that doesn't mean you can't bring it up, like, in another month or something. Um, If you're with someone you really care about them and you um, want to revisit it, you know, when your relationship might be stronger than it was and they might feel more secure, then... You know, I think it's okay to revisit something. You don't want to bring something up 
every day to make someone feel hounded, but to think about when might be another time to bring it up and revisit it. That's a different scenario, I think. Right. Absolutely. So it's not, these are not conversations that are one and done that you've had it. And then forever forward in your relationship, you know, that there will never be, or there will always be, um, you might try something and not like it. So you tried it once and then continue not doing it. Um, but, uh, right. It's a conversation that can happen over a course of re- of a relationship as well. Um, and sometimes kinks about wanting to do something to someone else. And sometimes it's about wanting someone else to do it to you. Um, it might be easier to have someone do it to you instead of you do it to them, whatever it is. There's lots of different ways where you can take those little steps, um, to have maybe a little bit more excitement, uh, in your sex life or separate from sex life. right? <laughs> in your sex life or not in your sex life, both ways, <laughs> both ways. Um, yeah, great. I think that, um, I mean, so we we covered, you know, kind of when to talk about it, ways to talk about it. But I I just want to say also that, um, you know, thinking about something that if you're worried that your partner might not like it, kind of brainstorming something that you think your partner might like just based on what you know about them. Um, like if they love whipped cream, like why not, you know, start with, can we do something there? Like starting with something that you think they might be open to so that you kind of start to uh, make that a little bit of an easier step for them. Um, And I just want to, since I said whipped cream a couple of times, I just want to uh, remind everybody that when we're using condoms, we want to make sure that we're using um, foods and things around them that are not oil-based since We did talk about this in an earlier episode, but reminder that oil-based foods or things like whipped cream uh, can break down condoms. Right. And the other thing, if you're using any kind of sugary food, you want to make sure that it does not get inside of a vagina um, because it can increase uh, the chance or risk of uh, vaginal infections, yeast infections especially. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, we're not going to cover every single thing about every single kink, but just kind of thinking about how do we start those things. And then, you know, the Internet is a great place to explore that a little bit more. But we'll put a few links about uh, some places to kind of start out exploring things. Yes, to start those conversations. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it. I think we're at the end today. So we're at our period. Um, <laughs> what is our period today? Uh, we have a joke for you. This is a joke that one of my friends texted me the other day, and I was super excited because it is exactly what we needed. Do you want me to tell you the joke? I want to know. (laughs) What do you call it when a reptile can't change color? Uh, I don't know. A lizard dick? I don't know what. (laughs) A reptile dysfunction. Oh. <laughs> Come to the sex rap for all of the dad jokes you'll ever need. That's my favorite. Oh. All right. And um, where so can if they you find ha- us? Oh, right. Where can you find us? So if you have any questions for us or any comments, you can find us at, uh, at on our email, which is thesexrap at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the sex rap. Um, and you can call us at 413. I wrap it. Uh, that's W R A P. I wrap it. Um, and whatever you do, just call us. <laughs> Thanks guys. Bye everyone.
for everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.